0: Tell us a little bit about
1: what you saw and, and, and being able to relay that message to Cora when you watch Kimbrel pitch and, and kind of help out so he wasn't uh, tipping his pitches. So tipping pitches, we hear about it all the time. People at home understand what tipping pitches is all about. It's amazing. Man. Man. That's remarkable. Alex, you know, I had this whole intro plans. I was going to talk about how... I woke up a little late. I'm here on the West Coast, here in Los Angeles. Coming to you live slash recorded from a hotel room in a hotel that doesn't have a gym. Which is frustrating to me. Why make a whole hotel and not have a gym in it? It's one of those like trendy Instagram hotels. Just happens to be the one that Spotify likes people to stay at. Anyway, this is a tangent. Starting <laughs> in 2024 off, right? We're already back. I had this. I had this whole intro planned where I was going to talk about how I hadn't woken up in time to go get my coffee in time for it to start kicking in. Mm. But fortunately, I stubbed my toe right as I was about to log on to the Zoom, and that woke me up. And I actively was thinking, wow, I'm really awake now that I stubbed my toe. That was a lot of pain, but maybe worth it for the sake of the pod. And then 35 minutes passed while your computer tried to turn on. Yep. (laughs) And now I'm back down. So I need some more energy. So I need you to bring some heat. Stub the other toe? Question mark? Yes, it's, dan- it's dangerous territory to suggest that the best pods come from me damaging my physical body. <laughs> we don't need that's, that, that That's true artistry right there, you know? Um, I thought we would start this year off and this podcast off um, by thanking all of the people who sent us the Reddit thread about how the new horror film from Blumhouse, Night Swim, violates the collective bargaining agreement of Major League Baseball. Thank you to the several people who sent that to us. Alex, if you don't know, I imagine you haven't seen Night Swim. Although maybe I'm wrong. Let me give you some I'm credit not. here. I haven't seen it either. I'm not usually a big horror movie person. But I am familiar with the concept. Um, it's a it's a haunted pool. Spoiler alert, the pool kills some people. That's really all you need to know about the movie Night Swim. Now, what the important part here is that the main character of Night Swim is played by Wyatt Russell, who I'm sure you know. other things right Wyatt Russell he's playing like sort of a Mike Moustakis type he's like a brewer's third baseman power injuries kind of derail he he derails his career a little bit and uh, he then he gets MS and he's sort of living out his life post playing career with this haunted pool in the backyard of the house that he just bought (laughs) and several people have sent us this reddit thread because somebody astutely points out that um they're not using his MLBPA insurance. They're using her insurance, implying that he didn't get insurance from his time in the bigs. Because I guess maybe it wouldn't have vested for 10 years of service, but this Reddit detective, um, this person points out that that person, that, that the Wyatt Russell character should have gotten their service time. And I just want to say, this is great energy. We need to strive for this energy in 2024. Just applying, tipping pitch's brain to media more baseball media needs to be created so that we can get more stuff
0: like this what do you say what do you say the, uh, what i will say is this makes me want to see the movie now now i have to <laughs> see for myself he even says late, like down in the post that we see the mobpa's logo on the video board at one point in the movie which only raises more questions what I will say about the movie
1: Night Swim is that I, I don't think the movie is particularly interested in this topic here. I think that I this, don't think so <laughs> Reddit sleuth was doing some between the lines reading. <laughs> <laughs> um we have a fun episode planned for you guys today. We're gonna we're gonna run through all of the news items of the last three plus weeks since we recorded.
0: And every single new, one.
1: Every single news item in the in the entire world. <laughs> going to be a lot of biden re-election talk coming up um and we're going to do some uh listener questions and topics from uh from the call for submissions that i put out uh, earlier this week and then we're going to close the pod with some new year's resolutions because this is the first episode we've recorded in the new year thank you to everybody for allowing us to have new year's week off and i hope for folks who listened to the Sandlot Watch along, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope maybe it compelled you to check out the Tipping Pitches Patreon. But before we do all that fun stuff, I am Bobby Wagner. I am Alex Bazley. And you are listening to Tipping Pitches. Okay. Speaking of the Patreon, thank you to this week's new patrons. Jake, Daniel, and Matthew. Alex, new year, new segment. I'm, I'm tentatively calling this segment the Alexometer, which is a play <laughs> off the word barometer. It's a good play, too, I'll say. Wow, thank you. Ten, you tend to not like my puns, really. <laughs> you tend to be like, okay. <laughs> so for you to compliment this one, is, is this maybe one of your New
0: Year's resolutions? All Bobby ideas are good ideas. Does it does it make it worse that that it was said with a tinge of sarcasm? See, this is I I wasn't trying to let the air out of your balloon. I should have just given that to you. You have to
1: support me. I need support. (laughs) (laughs) Um maybe listeners can come up with a better suggestion. Because you're much much less likely to dunk on the listeners and their ideas than you are to take your and yours my balloon. Yeah, exactly. So for now, we're calling this the Alexometer. I'm going to list out. I'm going to read out a list of topics of normie baseball news from the last three weeks. Really just a lot of transaction heavy stuff. You know, we're on the waiver wires. We're in the MLB trade rumors. Actually, what we are doing is I'm just going to read you all of the stuff that Jeff Passan has tweeted about (laughs) since December 18th, which is when we recorded last. And you're going to tell me this is interesting enough for Alex Baisley to care about or not we're 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 painting a picture here, you know we're really solidifying what rises to the the level of breaking through the weird tipping pitches bubble <laughs> which as 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 listeners probably know since we started with a a bit about the c b a in a horror movie like in a mid tier horror movie, is a different kind of bubble than most baseball fans
0: it is but but i I think we speak for. The silent majority, if we're being honest. I've always said I podcast
1: for the silent majority.
0: (laughs) Thanks for, thanks for literalizing
1: that. Thanks for pointing that Mm -hmm. out. Okay. First piece of news. Ready? Unless you, unless there's anything you want to say now that 2024 is here before we get started, I'd just like to announce I know you submitted your name to multiple primaries for the Republican ballot this year. Yeah. So if you want to use this spot to do any campaigning.
0: Well, I hear there's an opening in Colorado. Um <laughs> Actually, it would be really funny if you
1: did a bit where you were, what's the name of the guy who's primarying Biden, but is like only on half of the ballots, but he is on the Iowa ballot. Not
0: RFK? No, I think he dropped out of the down. I guess he's. Because they were too woke. Yeah, he's independent, yeah.
1: No, there's another guy. So it's, it's a good thing that we can't name this guy. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a really funny bit if you just went back to tweeting from your personal account. You're secretly back on Twitter, but you're really mostly saving all of your tweets for the Tiving Pitches account. Yeah. But if you went back to tweeting from your personal, but you, you leaned into an elaborate bit that you were actually primarying Biden from the left... And that that was what your personal brand was becoming. You Change your whole bio and everything. I think that's a good idea for you in twenty twenty
0: four. I'm gonna put like the blue wave emoji in yeah. my uh, in my bio. Am I am I primarying him like like literally from like his his left like further left than him, or am I just just picking an alternate vision for liberalism? I think that's for you to decide. That's a fair that's a fair counter. <laughs> Now I'm now I wanna now I wanna know who my guy is though. I really I mean, it's actually not, it's not it's not Marianne. Is it no it's it's not. Who's 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 Phillips? Does Phillips ring ring a bell? <laughs> I think it might be that it's guy. A, 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 amazing uh segment about the state of democracy. Dean Yep, right that's it. That's it. Dean. Phillips. Oh, Dean Dean Phillips. Yeah,
1: Dean was the name that was sticking with me. I was like, Dean, really we can't have a president named Dean. <laughs> All my Gilmore girls' heads out there. No, we can't be voting for someone <laughs> named Dean. <laughs> yeah, look into that. See, see, you could be a better Dean Phillips than Dean Phillips. This is all I'm trying to say. You're leaving money on the table. Not literally,
0: campaign finance reform people. Figuratively, Alex is leaving money on the table. He's he's oh, one God. of the wealthiest members of Congress. I'll have you know. He used to own Talenti. Like, what do we like now he's Talenti just- the ice cream? To like Talenti the ice cream, wow! He should be he should be putting that f- forward
1: more. I'd be mean, much more likely <laughs> right? to vote for him if I knew that. That's something <laughs> that's made an active impact in my life, unlike Joseph R. Biden. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question. Uh, I have an answer. I, I I just well I just realized that I told people that we would talk about the A. Rod interview on South Beach Sessions with Dan Lebatard. But I didn't put that in my rundown, so I'm gonna use this as an opportunity. We we've already completely buried and derailed the alexometer, which we were mere seconds away from starting, and then we, we started. Were so, we, were about so the, we were so close. We were so close. We tried, we tried. We didn't actually try. Um did you listen did you listen to the A Rod interview? I, I actually re- regrettably did not get a chance like, to see. This is what I mean. I know. Like you you just what are you doing? What are you doing? You're spending time with family? <laughs> You're being present. <laughs>
0: Now I'm Stop. researching Dean Phillips.
1: Stop all of that. Yeah, exactly. You're uncovering that he used to own Talenti. Like it's some big secret. Like you didn't just read that on Wikipedia.
0: On <laughs> his um, first paragraph.
1: <laughs> is that how he made his money, or is he just like some ambient businessman who like I, he's just like an ambient it.
0: businessman who just like has own like owns a coffee company and like used that's to that's what I'm saying Talenti like those are the least like owns a distillery guys. you know and I'm like okay.
1: Uh, A diversified portfolio. Great. We get it. No, I need guys who are like really myopically interested in one thing. That's way more interesting. Like if he was just like from a young age, I always wanted to bring Italian branded ice cream to the people. I'd be like way more interested in that than the fact that he probably owns like three golf courses and a distribution company, whatever that means. I don't know what. Everybody's always distributing things. Yeah. Yeah everybody's always logistically shipping things I'm like (laughs) (laughs) try so back to A-Rod great soundboard clip for us right there so back to Mm A-Rod um if he was gonna run for president which party would he associate with like how would he do it give me the five bullet points of the A-Rod presidential campaign this is a great question thank you is it so great that maybe we should save it for its own patreon episode
0: (laughs) No,
1: I think we're here. Okay. Maybe we flesh it out more in a future Patreon episode. Yeah, exactly. One where you actually listen to the interview that I sent to you to listen to for this podcast. Because
0: it's really good and really actually kind of revealing. I just want you to hear it like from a (laughs) friend-to-friend perspective. I mean, I think he runs in the Republican Party. I think that feels relatively obvious. As like a bring some common sense back to the people. That would that would be my understanding. He has publicly supported Republican candidates before in in Florida specifically. It's a great place to be supporting Republicans these days. It really is. He's like,
1: you know what this state needs more of DeSantis yeah. law and order. <laughs> God. He never really see that's the thing though i don't I just don't buy it. That he cares about all of the like Republican culture war talking points. I just I don't buy it. No, I don't. He's I like don't a, either. He, he's like a a numbers and spreadsheets Republican. He's like a Paul Ryan Republican.
0: Right. He's like a he's like a taxes guy. The more I he's think like, about hey, it, he, he's like I want to I want to stimulate investment in the economy guy. The more I think about it, a Rod Paul Ryan ticket twenty twenty eight. Who mm-hmm. says no? Who says no? Three hundred thirty million Americans, most that, likely. I,
1: that's the number that's in my head for how many Americans there are. But it's, there's going to be like four hundred million by it's, now, right? It's like gonna be more, right? <laughs> <laughs> how many do you think that they could buy themselves like five million votes? Paul Ryan was on a presidential ticket. Come on, they got two right here. You telling me you wouldn't vote for a Rod for the bit? I would vote for a Rod for the bit. I would. But what, what are votes count? It'd Give me a great excuse not to have to vote for Biden. <laughs> right. Exactly. I or whatever, whatever the Democratic
0: Party cooks up after Biden, which is even more horrifying. It's just which is really terrifying. Yeah. Where's Gretchen Whitmer when you need her? Um, Do you think Bernie has a chance in 2028? I, I don't. Is Bernie going to be alive in 2028? That's, that's the joke. That was the joke.
1: Dead Bernie or dead Biden? Who's a better Democratic Party candidate? Posthumous
0: Bernie or Biden? Right. Well, it's like the Diane Feinstein question, right? Like, how much do you trust the staffers around her? <laughs> Not the Diane Feinstein
1: question that comes to mind. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. A- so A-Rod, Republican. He would run... For the Republican Party, so you think he would?
0: Be I up think so. There. I mean, do you do you, do you think he would
1: being like Ron DeSantis? Thanks, but no thanks.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think he would. He would be the kind of guy who's like, look, I, you know, I don't consider myself left or right. He's like a, you know, he's like a Yang Republican, right? Uh, no, he's not online enough. I mean, and maybe not in that regard, but he's like a you know I'm not left, I'm not right, I'm like forward, you know the <laughs> unity. We need a we need a we need all all come together in, in these trying times and rebuild what uh, what once made us great. And that was you know the the hardworking American people that are the backbone of this country. He would be talking so much
1: about how to be a complete hitter, you have to be able to hit a fastball that's up, down, left, middle, or right. You, you know.
0: You know it absolutely you got to be able to read the situation you know look i'm you, the reason i don't state policies is because you got to stay uh on your toes a little bit you got to be able to to maneuver to the left or right you got to be able to go the other way that this is actually go good way. this is actually ironically kind of good political messaging that we're coming
1: up with right here right if he yeah. went up there on a stage of republicans or democrats doesn't really matter independents if him and RFK were up there, it doesn't even matter to me. If he just challenged every single person, like pitcher versus hitter, you won't come out there and challenge me. I think that would be a compelling argument to many Americans. <laughs> See me on the field of play. A-Rod said, let's go to the batting cages right now. He, um, in the interview, I'm not going to spoil the whole thing for you, but he, I just, I'm trying to decide whether or not I want to tell you this. He talked about how much he reveres Warren Buffett and the loving portrayal of of how he works well into his nineties is really gonna hit home for you, I think, because I think it's gonna remind you how much you want to be someone who's working ten plus hours a day at the age of ninety four. I know yeah. from the day that I met you, you've always said that to me. You're like, Hi, my name's Alex. Let's start a company together
0: so that I can work late into my nineties. I wanna I wanna I wanna be working the day I die, you know? <laughs> We're, we're recording a podcast when we're on our deathbeds like i swear to god that's just you good know, this is that's just this good is content is it.
1: <laughs> imagine imagine that pod you know some listeners might say uh it feels like that pod every week <laughs> <laughs> okay wasn't there was not there a segment in here somewhere yeah, the the alexometer listen to the listen to the interview all right i got it because if you're not ready to talk about it the next time we record, how about that? I'm going to take one of these earbuds out, <laughs> put
0: the interview in, and then Should, just kind of
1: like... Like a live commentary of the A-Rod interview like we did with right, Sandlot. Exactly. <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait, wait. Comment, hold like, hold on a second, Bobby. I'm, I'm getting something pause. right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Alexometer. Ready? For, first thing that Jeff Passon tweeted about I left out some really, really small transactions, like minor league contracts. I, I used that's my, what I wanted to talk about? Um, then you should have brought it to the table when I asked you if there were any topics. <laughs> All right. I, I used my discretion. I feel as though I've earned, I've earned the right to discretion. 300 whatever episodes in. Um, Japanese star Yoshinobu Yamamoto and the Los Angeles Dodgers are in agreement on a 12-year $325 million contract. Sources familiar with the deal, tell ESPN. Once again, these are all Jeff Passon tweets. Mm-hmm. My New Year's resolution in 2024 is to read every Jeff Passon tweet on the podcast. Okay, we're off to a great start.
0: We have not talked about this on the podcast. That's believe. Or not. I mean, it literally this literally feels like it happened like last year or something. Like that's how long ago it feels like. Boo. To Wait, I'm just gonna
1: leave some space for the listeners at home to boo you. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Nope, bring it on. Yep, a little more. Yep, keep it coming. This is like
1: how a Bryce Harper would step out of the box at Citi Field and let people do him <laughs> exactly. longer.
0: Exactly. <laughs>
1: um, do you want to talk about Yamamoto to the Dodgers? Like, or, has it already been talked out? Are you interested in that? Where does that fall on the Alexometer?
0: I mean, like, I I don't know that I have much to say about it here on this podcast. I think it's interesting. I think the Dodgers. As a force, are really interesting this year. Yamamoto's good, man. Here's a question. I don't have know. You, yeah. Have you ever watched a Yamamoto game?
1: Start to finish? No. Have you? No. I've watched a lot of YouTube clips of him pitching.: like, <laughs> Yeah, a lot. like <laughs> more than I want to admit. <laughs> also, if you plotted it on like a chart of like hours of the day, an embarrassing amount of them would be between the hours of one and 3 a.m. Of course. <laughs>
0: What else are you? What else would you be doing at that point?
1: You know, I just finished. I finished my second film of the night, and I'm like, it's time for the third film. <laughs> some Yamamoto <laughs> highlights. Um. All right, so so the answer is no. No, I about so this so the
0: answers pass. And eh, next,
1: we need some sound effects from MLBPA executive director Tony Clark. The players on the competition committee voted no on the rules changes implemented today because MLB has a majority of seats on the committee the league's preferences with rule changes will go through. Alex, would you like to talk about rule changes? This is no longer a banned topic.
0: It's no longer so a banned
1: topic. Some might say 2024 it could be the year of the rule change on the Tipping Pitches podcast. Really funny bit I'm, would be for I'm, us I'm to I'm just talk it about again. it one year late. <laughs> <laughs> we like relitigate the pitch
0: clock You're like, and, like okay. the shift rules. So, so how much did the bigger bases make a difference in your viewing experience, Bobby? I need to know. I just, I mean, once
1: again, I, I've been consistent on this. I'm not going to back down now. Make them bigger, even bigger. If you want them to be bigger, make it absurdly cartoonishly big. I agree. Do you want to talk about the rule changes? I I guess first uh, and
0: foremost, do you know what the rule changes are? Well, they're shortening the pitch clock again, right? That was kind of the, the highlight. And it's like a certain situations thing, right? Like this is it's with runners on. But refresh refresh my refresh my memory. I think they're shortening it by like two seconds. Yes. Right. I why are they doing that? I don't is know. kinda my question.
1: You know, I want to slightly amend a tweet that I made. You know what they say is that when you make a tweet and you weren't, you know, fully accurate, what you should do is amend it on a podcast three weeks later.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, what yeah.
1: they always tell you to do, so that the maximum amount of people hear it. But basically I tweeted and I was like be, because the MLBPA put out this statement and the players in the competition committee voted no, I tweeted how silly it is always going to feel that they, we will get a statement like this every time that there's a rule change and the players will vote no and the owners will vote yes and it'll be this bureaucratic process. And I tweeted how it's always going to feel a little bit like crazy making that the players are just constantly voicing that they don't want this to happen and the owners are just constantly ignoring it. And that failed to provide the context, which is that prior to this, they could just unilaterally implement these changes without even the input of the, the players committee. And we talked about this when the CBA got finalized. In our CBA deep dive, we talked a lot about the changes to the rules committee and how that was such a priority for the ownership side to keep the ability to change the rules, even if the players made some progress in creating this creating this competition committee to begin with so i i want to slightly amend that and say it's not like any other north american sports league has the ability for players to veto rule changes like all leagues can change the rules if they want to the the thing that is frustrating to me is that we knew, we kind of knew the pitch clock was coming we knew what some of the rule changes that manfred and the rest of mlb was really interested in implementing and we know that the players objection to it is over seemingly over health and safety that if you shorten the pitch clock that that might have long term damage on on pitchers arms not being able to fully rest between between pitches and that this is sort of unexplored and that they'd like a little bit more time between these rule changes to allow to see for studying what happens. And what's frustrating to me is that it's, and I don't think this is necessarily a fault of the MLBPA because clearly the membership wanted to continue on with the contract. But you remember when we got this CBA and the executive committee that negotiated it, all unanimously voted no for it? <laughs> And all of the team representatives unanimously voted yes for it. It's it's stuff like this in here that there's some like internal friction going on over what the players on the executive committee negotiating the contract thought they could get into it or thought they needed to get into it or thought they wanted to get into it versus what the like rank and file was willing to like settle for and then the manifestations of it later on where it's like, hey, they're just gonna keep changing the pitch clock and like we have no mechanism to say no to that. But we could have while we were locked out like we were in a moment of we were in like a labor conflagration moment where we could have stood even firmer and got this and i don't think that that's like particularly a fault of the people who negotiated the contract they voted no for it you know they they did not recommend it but the but the players wanted it the rest of the players wanted it i just think that it's like to me like stuff like this feels sacred <laughs> And not to like overstate it and this is the reason that we banned the rule changes last year because it's like it seems ridiculous to say stuff like that but for rob manfred someone who just like clearly wants to keep making changes the, the tinkerer it's a little bit it makes me feel uneasy that he just has the ability to keep, to keep doing this while players are like no 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 this actually might harm the game this might harm the players that make the constitute the game and he's just like that's
0: cool thanks for putting out that statement three more three more seconds off the pitch clock i think it's bad that every time the a new baseball season rolls around fans including lifelong fans have to be like can you give me a refresher on what the rules of this game are yeah you know this game that i have watched since i can't even remember i'm now like hang on can we go wait what was the deal with they widened the the runner's lane, you know, or now, now the pitcher can't walk around the edge of the mound to keep the pitch clock from starting, you know, it's like, I, I, I will note that like uh, maybe throughout the season, a majority of these things you're not going to notice and you're not going to pay attention to, but when you're running all these changes and, and, and treating, treating the, the sport, like it's a sort of lab environment right, that you're trying to perpetually improve on, you need to give yourself, like, some breathing room. Like, have a control year, you know? Have a year where you're like, all right, no changes. Let's just rock with it and see how it goes. And just gather data and see what's going on before we do, like, anything else. It was such an overwhelming success. Right, right, exactly. Rob Manfred has been, like, lauded for... The changes, right, for the shortening of major league baseball games. It's like he is, you know, the, the, he's like the sports business journal executive of the year, you know, for for what he did. And so I'm like, why are you messing with that? That this this could actually be your legacy, right here. You say, hey, look, I made baseball games shorter. That's it. Wash your hands. And be done with
1: it. Definitely his legacy. No, I know. Like Fifty but, years from now. But this is a great podcast idea actually. I'm just going to say this out loud now so that when I'm editing this podcast later today, I remember to write it down. The what will Manfred's legacy be in 50 years when he gets inducted into the Hall of Fame is a great episode. Yeah. Um something that you said made me think that we should the sports business journal executive of the year. We should hand out our executive of the year. We should The tipping should, pitches actually. executive of the year. What well, you don't The Sports Business Journal, what gives them the right to hand out an executive of the year? They're not any more plugged into executives than we are. (laughs) Why? Because they talk to them? No, we observe every single move that they do. (laughs) Exactly. We're reading between the lines.
0: We actually touch grass. You know, We actually care about the games, too. (laughs) (laughs) We have our pulse on the common man.
1: Crazy Sports Business Journal, Stray. It's okay. Thank you to everybody listening from the Sports Business Journal. I know this is a hugely... A Hugely loved podcast over there at that outlet. I thought, um, yeah. Dan, Dan Heron responded to Jeff Passon's tweet. Any word on if they are shortening the two and a half minute commercial breaks in between innings? Doubt it. Perfectly succinct response. Thank you, Dan Heron. Still throwing heat in retirement. Thanks, Dan. Never really threw that much heat, but you know, <laughs> no. his Twitter name being I Throw 88 is I so 88. funny. It's so funny. Okay, next, t- next topic. Left hander. Rel- Left-handed reliever Yuki Matsui and the San Diego Padres are in agreement on a five-year $28 million, co- $28 million contract. Ten minutes on this? Mm-hmm. Breaking. We got a Jeff Passan breaking. Got a breaking, breaking. Catcher. Mitch Garver and the Seattle Mariners are in agreement on a two-year $24 million contract. Pending physical, though. Sources tell ESPN, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to him, Mariners fans, who get to celebrate an unexpected gift and everyone else. This was on Christmas what, Eve. This was
0: on Christmas Eve, right?
1: <laughs> At 7 p.m. Eastern. God damn it, Jerry. <laughs> do you want Do you want to talk about Let Mitch Garber? Let your people go Garver? home. Do you want to talk about Mitch Garber to the Mariners? Do you want to use that as an excuse to talk about what the Mariners are doing?
0: I don't know. I've, I mean, I feel like we we spent so much time like right before the break talking about like their finances and stuff and man still I one of our best had. segments ever I'd still one of we I just sucks. absolutely I crushed that segment now it seems like their payroll is not is, after all that bluster about how Jerry's like yeah we're at least gonna like you know we're gonna build off where we were last year now he's like nah, it's actually gonna come in just below where our payroll was if that's kosher with all of y'all um I just I don't know I like Mitch Garber it's, it's a it's, it's a good signing
1: oh great the best baseball tweet ever is Craig Goldstein Craig Goldstein's <laughs> tweet about the, the Scherzer contract for everybody listening at home we'll put we'll put a link to that in the description it 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 truly is literature to me at this point mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> it's how I formulated text.
1: a lot of my opinions about the game <laughs> uh next topic right-hander Lucas breaking. Breaking another breaking right-hander Lucas Giolito and the Boston Red Sox are in agreement on a two-year $38.5 million contract that includes an opt-out after the first season. I'm just going to lump the next one right in here with it too because it's the same team breaking the Atlanta Braves are acquiring seven-time all-star Chris Sale in a trade with the Boston Red Sox. This trade is crazy in 2017. Sources tell ESPN, well-regarded infield prospect Vaughn Grissom is the return to Boston, which will send money with Sale, who waived his no-trade clause to join Atlanta. I gotta say, it's really funny that Jeff Passan put well-regarded infield prospect Vaughn Grissom as if the fact that the Braves are giving up on him one year into his major league career and trading him for a pitcher who hasn't been healthy since 2018 does not mean that he is inherently not that well-regarded. Right. (laughs) Do you want to talk about either of these moves from the Boston Red Sox? I'm a little curious what the Red Sox are
0: what do you say, doing.
1: Mm. You're not curious what the Braves are doing?
0: <laughs> I, yeah, but I'm perpetually curious about what the, what the Braves are doing. Like, I mean, this... We uh, really want to talk about it. Like, this trade is fine. That's, that's, a, that's a fine trade for both sides. The Braves are so not
1: knows, high well, on Grissom. And, really quickly, just so everybody knows... Chris Sale did sign an extension and he is donating 1% yes. of his contract to the Braves Foundation. Just to, just so everybody's clear, everything's fine, you can all breathe easy now. We um we know another player did sign an extension and is donating 1% of that extension to the Braves Foundation. It's all it's okay, you can all rest easy now, you can go to bed, shut your eyes under the the cover of safety knowing that 1% of that money is going to the Braves Foundation. Sorry, I know you were talking about the Red Sox and what they're. No, it's okay. Doing I was just I was checking in
0: on the, Bra- on the Brave stock right now. Bit of a slump to start the year, but I think that's par for the course for the market. Yeah, well, they're not playing baseball. So how could the stock <laughs> be doing well? I
1: don't understand how they're a stock. It just doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> how are they a stock, but yet I still can't see their detailed financials?
0: Yeah. Like, that's we a good we live in. The, we live in the dumbest society ever built. Well, we we do need to have Rob Naines back on, who I know is going to be doing a regular who I know is going to be doing a regular series over at Baseball Prospectus looking through their like quarterly reports. I love it when um real journalists do real work. That's really mm-hmm. useful to us here
1: on this podcast.
0: Yep, and then we can just bring him on and say, "Hey, look, we read that too." Meanwhile, we're building out Alex Rodriguez's
1: presidential campaign in five That's steps. That's right.
0: That's real work too, you know. That's labor. Uh, I'm, I'm. I i do not know. Do you have thought? Do you have extensive thoughts on this? Is Lucas Giolito good anymore? I don't know, man. I I
1: want him to be good. I, I hope he is good. The Red Sox are such a funny organization to me. Just generally, they're funny. I don't understand what they're doing.
0: No, it's just do you a know lot his of middle name like, is is Frost. Lucas Frost Giolito? I did
1: not know that. That's useful information, though. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. Since he's moving to to Massachusetts, it's pretty cold there. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you think he got that name? Is this like a yeah, Frost Nixon it. situation? <laughs> First Frost <laughs> that comes to mind. <laughs> I mean, is there another? I guess Robert Frost,
0: the poet? I thought... I, I mean... Frost Nixon is like the name of a movie, right? Like it's referencing two other people named Frost. That's yeah. I understand it. Right. British journalist David Frost. I so know you think that, that Lucas Giolito name. was, was named after David Frost.
1: Maybe he was born. No, Frost Nixon came out in 2008. I was going to say, maybe he was born when that movie was the biggest movie in theaters. <laughs> maybe he was. Maybe Lucas Giolito's parents were just like, David Frost was really holding his feet to the fire. <laughs> like the. Lucas Giolito is one of baseball's foremost liberals. (laughs) That that is, I use just that term, liberal, (laughs) like not lefty, liberal. Yes. Dude, you're not going to believe this, though. Lucas Giolito went to high school with Jack Flaherty and Max Fried. That was just a little fun fun fact that I dug up. Wait, how is that possible? Because I was like, well, Lucas Giolito, like, what's he up to? You know, like it's been a weird career, sort of. And I, I was on his Wikipedia page,
0: and I was like, "Whoa!" At, he- wait, wait. At this, at this Harvard Westlake place, yeah, yeah,
1: which is in California. What?
0: Max. Wait, Free- all wait. All of them were like all at like, were same, the same school together on
1: the same team at the they same were on time. The s- what? Can you imagine playing that team?
0: How? Like, imagine you're just like this.
1: Alex Baisley, average second baseman from other Southern California school, and here comes. Lucas Giolito. Lucas Giolito. Jack Flack And Max Fried. And you're like, I can't win here. Harvard Westlake.
0: They got those those players have some stories to tell. Did you know Harvard
1: Westlake is where the movie Book Smart is based on? <laughs> I actually didn't know that, but it's in retrospect not all that surprising. Not surprising at all. <laughs> um okay, next next news item. Unless you do you think Chris Sale is good anymore? I was talking to Jordan Schusterman about this, not to expose Jordan Schusterman's thoughts on the trade as he's away on his honeymoon. Spoiler if you don't want to hear Jordan Schusterman's thoughts on the Chris Sale trade, skip ahead 30 seconds. He was like, why are they doing this? Why are the Braves doing this? They're kind of just in their like a uh, fuck it, we ball era. Alex Anthopoulos is like, every move I've ever made is good. Let's see how far we can stretch that.
0: Yeah, they're like, I, the Braves are, I think, generally regarded as, I don't. Know, depending on your perspective, one of the two best teams in baseball right now. It's like, it might be Braves or Dodgers, depending on the day. And Mike, hold on, heard of them?
1: What kind of Phillies fan are you that you would say that those two teams are the best teams in baseball, given that the Phillies, your Phillies, own the Braves? And they will, elim- they will win 89 games and eliminate the Braves, the 104-win Braves, again. I mean, I think the Phillies are going all the way. I think this is the year, to be very clear. We'll see about that. We'll see
0: about that. Not if Harrison but Bader my- has anything to say about it. <laughs> my question is, is the Braves rotation any good at all? Like, Strider aside, I... Should we say I- Strider? <laughs> God damn it. Like Strider's winning his Cy Young this year. So that I that amount. No, he about. is not winning the Cy Young. He's not Bro, he is the best.
1: Uh. patrons will know if you listened, top tier patrons will know that an argument about Spencer Strider took place on the expanded overrated underrated episode with our friend Cespedes Family Barbecue.
0: Just the guy was fashion. adamant that Spencer Strider would would never win a Cy Young.
1: He's not gonna win a Cy Young. He's not. I just I don't understand. How do you think that? Because David Peterson's winning the Cy Young this year.
0: <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> David Peterson, <laughs> who's out till like July. <laughs> um, remember when, when when we were like, we were like, okay, who's going to have a better career? David Peterson or John Means? Do and I remember when we were like that? Like went yeah, I remember I said that on Baseball Barbecue
1: and got roundly ridiculed. And then John Means threw a no-hitter and then hasn't been heard from again.
0: I just want to well, say I mean, what David, what's David Peterson was up to.
1: Changed his delivery last year had a lot of really good outcomes. Oh, you know, oh, I don't know oh, what to tell you. I love that. I love a lot of really good outcomes.
0: A lot of really That's good. A very outcome. diplomatic way of saying it. No, he he
1: actually did have like ten good starts at the end of last year, and then he got hurt. Um, not that anybody should care because the Mets won like seventy nine games. Uh, how many games did the Mets win last year? Let's play a little game. <laughs> I actually don't know wow 74 75 oh but you know 43 and 38 at home that city field that Queens advantage can't that beat them that's right baby can't that's beat him right. in Queens <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you not know my feelings on Spencer Strider he's not going to win the I do know
0: your feelings on Spencer
1: Strider congratulations and they keep me you gotta up hand night. it over to four other relievers now they keep you what? up at night
0: literally what are you talking about
1: what am I talking about? Pitch into the eighth inning, Spencer Strider.
0: He threw 186 innings last year. Like, how is that not just an average starting pitcher these days? Would rather have Zach Wheeler. I, sh- I, I mean, okay.
1: Would rather have one of the best three pitchers in baseball. <laughs> <laughs> um, listeners just got a little taste of what I'm calling my um, reactionary anti-analytics pivot in 2024. Mm-hmm. Just know that anything I say that sounds completely ridiculous and like it should be on MLB Network or WFAN, it's all a bit. It's all a bit. Spencer Strider is phenomenal. Phenomenal. Very likely that he will win a Cy Young. But I'm just going to come out and put my foot down because I hate the Braves. If he was on the Mets, I would be having t-shirts printed that he should have several Cy Youngs already.
0: Mm -hmm. We should retroactively give him Cy
1: Youngs for seasons that he was at Clemson. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Okay. <laughs> I I think I think that this is the year the Braves rotation g- gets actually exposed for being frauds. Like really you're relying on Charlie Morton and Chris Sale in the year of 2024.
1: I think I agree. Although I don't know. I guess their farm system is kind of it's kind of done so, you know. They've already made all their moves. There's not really a lot of right. depth to trade from. But the Braves, like, pull off this shit all the time. And you're like, well, how, how do they keep getting away with this? Like, is Dylan Cease going to be on the Braves by June? Maybe. Maybe. Not going to love that. <laughs> Watching Dylan Cease and Spencer Strider just eat Pete Alonso's lunch. Christ And buddy. then fucking David Stearns is going to trade him. I got, I got something for you on David Stearns coming up in resolutions. You better believe it. Speaking oh, of the I'm New York so Mets, ready. center fielder Harrison Bader and the New York Mets are in agreement on a one-year $10.5 million contract, a source tells ESPN. Just so you know, Andy Martino was there first. Jeff Passon made sure. He always is. Would you like to talk about Harrison Bader? Does this clear the Alexometer?
0: God, it really like almost does. Because I really? really like Harrison Bader. But rip- like we've... No, I, so I, I can't actually justify spending time talking about
1: that. Almost that's native New Yorker Harrison Bader to you. That's right. That's, that's fit God. Harrison Bader. As you. we've been saying, bring Harrison home. You know, we've all been saying it. Bring Harrison home back right. where he belongs. Harrison Bader. That's, this is actually a really good signing. <laughs> um, I know! one of the Just one of the most underrated positions in baseball is a defense-first center fielder. The Mets That's were right. ironically on this like seven years ago when they were just like continuing to play Juan Lagares and every fan was mm-hmm. like, hey, I will personally drive Juan Lagares to the airport. Right. If you trade him, but they were right. And, and now we have our new Juan lagaris a right handed hitting defense, defense first center fielder who is going to infuriate everybody at the plate and make about 38 less than 15% likelihood stat cast catches this year. Yes. That's my analysis on Harrison Bader. Next, probably my favorite move in months. My favorite move in months breaking. The San Francisco Giants and Seattle Mariners are in, are in agreement on a trade that will send former Cy Young winner Robbie Ray. Remember when Robbie Ray won, won the Cy Young? To the Giants for outfielder Mitch Haniger and right hander Anthony DeSclafani. Hey, hey, the Mariners are getting DeSclafani. Sources familiar with the deal tell ESPN. Do you want to hear why this is one of my favorite moves? I, I, I'm waiting with bated breath. This is like the definition of third place teams trading their wares. You know, it's like, well, if we can't get the actually good players, let's just exchange our pretty good, fine, okay. It's just a real shuffling of the deck to finish in third. Yes. (laughs) It's like, we can't, yeah, we can't or we don't want to play with the big dogs. And so we're going to trade Robbie Ray. A guy who for some reason won a Cy Young and got a, got a gigantic contract but it's so deeply deeply uninteresting to watch as a pitcher and maybe not actually that good. The He's one how time I feel we signed a big guy we, we, we are now well he, him and Blake Snell are very closely linked in my mind. Yeah. The one time we actually shelled out for a big contract for a top tier free agent it's like nah we're going to trade that guy for Mitch Haniger in a couple years. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Funny, it's so funny. Also, like Mitch Haniger was already on the Mariners, and they let him go.
0: They let him go to the Giants. Well, I
1: and always Anthony, wonder what that's
0: like. What those conversations are like, right, in the front office when you're like, "Look, we let this guy walk." We clearly, I mean, I guess it all comes down to just like value, how you're valuing guys in the present moment versus how you're who how you're valuing the the other teams offer. I mean, this is like,
1: this is a salary dump. Like there's no world in which you think Haniger and Deeth are worth like the good actual Cy Young winning version of Robbie Ray. You either just don't think he can get back there or you don't want to pay for the risk of him not getting back there. You know, he makes a decent amount of money. And the, from the giants perspective, they're like, eh, these are two guys who aren't very good. Let's take a flyer on Robbie Ray since nobody wants to come play here. Robbie Ray doesn't have the opportunity to say no because of San Francisco's violent crime if we just (laughs) trade for him.
0: (laughs) Ray, who also missed the entire 2023 season, effectively. And is going to miss half of 2024. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, like, it's a real question mark on, I think, all fronts, which, once again, is what makes these trades so enjoyable. Do you think Robbie Ray will
1: ever post another season with an ERA under 3.5? Signs point to no. I mean, he's only 32. For context, in his career, which is 10 years, 10
0: years in the bigs, Alex, he has two seasons with an ERA under 3.5. Yeah, I don't know. As someone who's who has historically struggled with command, I know that that's one of the things that can... Take a hot sec to come back after Tommy John surgery. I don't know if this is his first or second. I guess I would assume it's his second because that's the case with most guys (laughs) these days. Yeah, I don't know. I don't
1: know much about Robbie Ray's minor league career. It appears this is his first Tommy John.
0: Do you have other thoughts on Robbie Ray? How did he win the Siam? It was (laughs) not a great year that he won in.
1: Yeah, you're right. Should have went to Lance Lynn. I get really. I just love Lance Lynn. <laughs> Actually, it should have gone to Carlos Rodon. <laughs> That's a crazy take in 132 <laughs> innings. <laughs> wow, that was like one of the worst pitching years ever.
0: It was really tough. I guess he did deserve it. Okay, we're nearing the end. What was what was crazy was Zach Wheeler not not winning that year. That's all put out there. That'd that was. Fun. Incredibly fucked up.
1: This is what I... See, this is what I'm talking about. It's with the Spencer Sharks. I'm all worked up. I'm all worked up. With <laughs> Speaking of lefties who struggle with command, the last Alexometer topic that I have here is New York Post reporting the Mets are signing left-handed pitcher Sean Manaya to a two-year $28 million deal. That's your guy. That's my dude right there. You, are you I ready to come up? Are you ready to come home? Are you ready to come back I am. to Queens? Stop I am, I am fucking around with the home. Phillies. <laughs> <laughs> when yeah. are we gonna finally reveal on the podcast? Like, when are you gonna finally put your foot down and be like, the Phillies thing? It was a good effort, but it's time to go back to the Mets.
0: I know that's a g- that's a good question because like I kind of enjoy. It's okay. It. I, like I like having went to- my hand in a few different like pots. You know, right,
1: right. It's okay. You went off to college. You know, you said you told your um, hometown girlfriend. It's like. Yeah, let's take a couple years apart. Let's explore. Let's, let's, let's live our lives a little bit. You know, you flirted with the Phillies. Mm-hmm. You know, like Xfinity Live was a fun time. You know, Xfinity Live, Alex. Yep. Crazy boy. Crazy but now boy. it's time to stop dicking around. It's time to come on home to the Mets. Stable, mm-hmm. long-term relationship that is in New York right. Exactly. The partner who has always been there for me. And always will. You know, consistency is key with the Mets. You know what to expect. But the, the Phillies in five years, like they're not going to be fun anymore. They're, they're sexy now,
0: right? But in five years, when. Um... <laughs> so you think I should be thinking about how my partner is aging? Take that into, <laughs> into account. She's not going to be sexy anymore. I just mean, like, I don't mean sexy physically. I'm just
1: talking about, like, yeah, it's, it's the intriguing pick right now. They're fun. You're having fun with the Phillies. But come on, let's be real here. Right. Let's be real. Can I really settle down with her? Can you really expect. The Garrett Stubbs energy to still be there in five years, and no, the answer is no. The answer is just no. No, I mean,
0: it'll be an ongoing, an ongoing process. Uncle Stevie, not going anywhere. I hope not. I mean, the a, if we're being honest, the A's might not go anywhere too. It's like fifty-fifty. They go to Las Vegas at this point. So, <laughs> I have a question. <laughs> that that
1: is really funny. Actually, <laughs> I have a question. Does Steve Cohen have a son? Like, if Steve Cohen croaks, it what happens to the Mets? He has a daughter, right? Yeah, but.
0: Owners don't pass it down to their
1: daughter, do they?
0: <laughs> it, it's like it's like royalty, right? Where you, like, you...
1: <laughs> Wait, hold on.
0: <laughs> I'm on Steve Cohen's Wikipedia page. Mm-hmm. It,
1: it, it's wildly disrespectful. <laughs> wildly disrespectful. I'm looking to see if he has kids. Um, personal life. Cohen has been married twice. In 1979, he married Patricia Finke. A New York native from a working class background who grew up in the Wash in the Washington Heights Manhattan neighborhood of New York City. They have two children together. They divorced in 1990. It doesn't say who those the children gender are. of their children. <laughs> I'm kidding. I mean, if he, had, I didn't just didn't know whether he had any kids at all. Um, in 1991, Cohen met Alexand- Alexandra Alex Garcia, who is very around the Mets and very involved in the New York Mets organization. A single mother of Puerto Rican descent, Garcia grew up in Washington Heights, moving there from her original home in the projects of Harlem. They met through a dating service and was described, according to an acquaintance, as someone who had, quote, always wanted to marry a millionaire. (laughs) Crazy, crazy (laughs) editorializing in the Wikipedia pages of Steve Cohen about his wife, Alex. She's the president of the Amazing Mets Foundation, the team's associated charity.
0: So I feel like she would be the logical successor. Right, yeah. yeah.
1: I'm just making sure. I'm making sure we're in okay hands.
0: (laughs) Do you have inside knowledge about Steve Cohen's health? I
1: don't. I don't. And people with that much money tend to live to be very old. Do you think he's doing any of those like weird billionaire blood transfusion things? Just gut feeling.
0: Yes or no? He doesn't strike me as that kind of guy. I don't either. Yeah, I don't think so either. He seems like the kind of billionaire who's like, I will have steak. Right. And then I'll just pay for the best doctor to just treat me if something happens. Right. Exactly. I'll skip the yep. line for the organ donation. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Also, just like, what a weird picture of him on his Wikipedia. So weird. It's like, so weird. It's like super zoomed in. Like poor quality. Almost looks like airbrushed a a little bit. He's got like the Newt Gingrich holiday card (laughs) airbrush going on. Do
1: you think if both Newt Gingrich and Alex Rodriguez were on the Republican ticket that Alex Rodriguez could get, could pull better than Newt? Oh,
0: if if they were like running separately?
1: Yeah. Yeah. We all know it's it's Alex Rodriguez and Paul Ryan are on the tickets. Right, right. We know this. We know this. Uh, Funded Uh, by... close friend of Alex Rodriguez Warren Buffett naturally that's a winning campaign I'm just telling you like this is real real Alex Rodriguez could be president of the United States one day
0: that's a like actually genuinely horrifying thought disagree respectfully
1: of course but disagree
0: Worst things <laughs> could happen he doesn't have that
1: killer instinct you know he's not gonna end society he likes it too much he's it's he's a vibes guy
0: true he profits too much from it but
1: He's not that different from Joe Biden. Say more. Everything you say, you're kind of just like, you're not really saying anything.
0: Right. You're just kind of talking in circles. But like, I, you have no, like no I, idea I what, what resonates,
1: person, no clue what the person stands for. Just not really sure what the values are. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while is really funny, like really funny, like so funny. You're, you're not even sure if it was on purpose. Yeah. They kind of have a similar build, you know, pretty tall, chesty.
0: Mm -hmm. Had enough Botox to like tranquilize an elephant.
1: Been around, been around the block. Had a lot of it's so over, we're so back cycles to their careers. Mm -hmm. True. Come on. True. Come on. You're talking me into it now. uh, Of course I am. Of course I am. I can make any comparison between national politicians and professional baseball players make sense. That is my superpower. That's what I'm put on this earth to do. Um. Okay, let's move on. Alexometer, what would you rate it? I'd say it was like a B. I think we can do
0: better, but you know, I think we're bound in by what the topics actually are,
1: right? Yeah, it's not our fault. We're just a we're just servants of the content, you know. Mm-hmm. I put out a tweet asking people to share um, what are some things they'd like us to talk about or things that they think we've missed as we head into this year to, uh, to set a tone. We got some good responses, Alex. I'm going to run through a couple of those responses right now. And then we'll do our New Year's resolutions to close out the pod. The first topic is the disappearance of Jed Hoyer. The man is missing and nobody seems to care. This topic comes to us from Nick D. You actually are on the ground, boots on the ground in Chicago right now. You are pounding the pavement out. You're looking for Jed.
0: Yeah, okay. no, I'm I, not going to give your. The, I've been at the stadium every day.
1: I'm not going to give your real time assassination coordinates right now.
0: Thank you. But you're on the hunt. Um, you are in the
1: what's the area code of Chicago? I don't know. You know, like the two one five or the
0: five one zero six zero three one. Got it. You're oh. just doing zip codes now. I meant like telephone. <laughs> oh, the telephone. <laughs> the six three zero. There we go.
1: Okay, great. You're in the six three zero looking for Jed. Um, I thought this was a funny topic because the Cubs are something of a hobby horse for me personally because I find, speaking of it's so over, we're so back cycles, I find them to be one of the more on the tipping pitches podcast. Like in, in the graded on the tipping pitches rubric. I find them to be one of the more it's so over, we're so back organizations that we've had in our time here together. Uh, or just, in our, I guess, in our time knowing each other. Since because we didn't start the podcast till 2017, but we very much were sitting around chatting about baseball, the two of us, like right at the end of their crazy tank job. And it was really fun. The rise was really fun. We were not doing pods yet, of course. The fall was really funny. To talk about how they bungled it and mismanaged it. And it was really fun to dunk on the rickets. And it remain they remain one of the more like callously business-oriented franchises, uh, just in the way that they like weaponize a deeply devoted and historical fan base and community and ballpark into just pure money to like. <laughs> fund right-wing Republicans in state houses all across America. So they're a really fascinating hobby horse of ours here on the podcast. But then they've kind of like... And of course, you, you, you drop a little Theo spice onto all of it. And mm-hmm. it makes the conversation even more interesting. One of our favorite guys to talk about. And his retirement and him stepping away from the team like just when shit was about to really get bad for them. And then Jed su- suc- succeeding Theo in the Theo mold. And I I weirdly feel like he's done a pretty good job of like pulling them out of it and actually making competitive moves and wanting to build a good team. And so they're at this weird, interesting inflection point where they've done a very good job rebuilding from when they just fire sold the team that won them the World Series as recently as 2016. And it was like a young, sustainable core. They didn't build around any of those guys. And weirdly enough, it's gone like about as well as it could given how (laughs) intentionally they dismantled the team it's gone okay since then. But now they're at a weird spot where like they kind of are trying to be big market Cubs and get all these free agents and they're having a really tough time. And I think, I think that's why we received this question in this terminology from Nick because they always have their hat in the ring for guys like Otani, Yamamoto, uh, other top tier free agents like, like Bellinger or I know that they had Bellinger on their team which is why they're in the ring for him still. But like, it doesn't seem like they can quite win those races against the Dodgers and the Yankees and the Mets and the Phillies of the world. And so they're in like an awkward limbo period. So all of that to say, what do you think of the Cubs and what Jed Hoyer is doing? Are you high on the
0: Cubs? I weirdly feel like you might be sneaky higher on the Cubs than other people are. I don't know about high on the Cubs. I mean, like they gotta start doing something first. I'm pretty sure they just they just made their first like major league acquisition this offseason, like two days ago. Um and it was like a, it was like a waiver claim. Um I don't know, ha- has it gone okay for them? Has Jed Hoyer done a good job? Like I feel like sure, they're not in a nosedive. Like you pull them out in a nosedive, but it's more just kind of been like, all right, steady as she goes, we have to shed all of these stars because we don't want to pay them, right? And so, let's re- retool with what we got, right? Like, we're going to retool. We're not going to rebuild. We got lines in the water. All these like, you know, pithy little catchphrases that you throw out there and like signal to people that you're that you're in. But I I have yet to see any indication that they're like gearing up for another round of competitiveness. I I it feels like they're more waiting on other teams in the central to kind of see where it shakes out.
1: The reason I say that is because all things considered, most of those players did not turn out to be very good. Like most of the players that they were like, we got to get rid of all these guys. Like not to be like Theo was right or Jed was right. But like, what is, what is Javi Baez doing right now? Would a $300 million deal for Javi Baez have worked out? No. Would, (laughs) would keeping Chris Bryant around have been like Chris Bryant is the one. And Rizzo, I guess, but like he—he's older. Chris Bryan is the one where I would have been like, okay, if he was part of your future plans, but not the only sort of like cornerstone piece, that would have been fine. Because Chris Bryan is still, you know, a good defender, a solid hitter. He's just kind of like wasting away, and maybe not trying that hard in Colorado. Yeah. But that's like a, that's a different conversation. He could have been a part of the future of the Cubs, but the rest of that team, I know that they felt really young at the time, and. You know, I also kind of forgot about Schwerber. But that was, like, happening kind of, like, slightly before the DH came to the NL where they had to make a decision on Schwerber. And he was, like, one of the pieces that was on, that was actually going to fetch them something back. So, like, each individual move was sort of justifiable. If I was going to pick a bone with any of that, it would have been probably... I, I might have just, like, for the sake of the fandom, for the sake of keeping some some tangential relationship to the 2016 team that broke a literally 100-plus year curse... I might have kept around maybe one of those two guys. <laughs> um but having said that, I don't think any of those guys were like, well, they should have given him 250 million dollars necessarily. Right. Sure. And now they have the top farm system in baseball according to FanGraphs. So like I I know that, you know, it's it's stupid to rely on that as like a as like a metric of future success. But they are in a good spot, you know. They're in a pretty decent, but they're not a bad team. They flopped in the second half of last year, but they also just got the best manager in baseball. So, like, all in all, B+, I guess. Whereas, like, I would have given them, like, a C three years ago. I do think that they, they will, in the 2020s, will
0: win the NL Central more than any other team. That's my take. Like, taking into account what has already happened. Yeah. I see that. I mean, the Brewers are kind of on their way out. The Cardinals uh, are probably going to be good again this year because that's usually how that shit goes. But I agree that like there's, there's not, <laughs> as with both central divisions, basically every year, there's not a huge path of resistance to success there. So I don't know. I just, I haven't seen a clear like direction that they've pushed themselves in. I do think they have a, Fine enough foundation by the way the tally right now
1: is brewers 2 cardinals 1 cubs 1 so as we head into 2024 Mm -hmm. they are one behind the brewers and tied with the cardinals in terms of nl central titles i think at the end of this decade when we're doing podcast episode number 1200 or whatever i think the cubs will have the most titles in the nl central which is like I mean, you know, we dump on a lot of teams and whatnot, but like to say that I think that they will be most likely to have the most sustained success in their division for a whole decade is like a pretty big compliment, you know. I think that also about the Dodgers, I think that about the Yankees, I think that don't I don't think that about the Mets. I think that about the Braves, you know? Like I think that about I'm actually not sure if I think that about anybody in the Astra or in the NL West or AL West. I guess the defending champion Rangers <laughs> probably deserve that. <laughs> But who knows? Um, I don't know. I'm, I know it must be frustrating for Cubs fans because like, they do have a lot of money. They have stuff to throw around, but it doesn't seem like they've connected the dots in terms of how to pitch that to free agents and build a team around also the young core and supplementing it with higher priced free agents to build what looks like an actually like 95 plus one team.
0: Yeah, it seems like they're still figuring out that identity a little bit, which is fine. I, if you're coming off a World Series win, which was uh, seven years ago at this point, I know sometimes it can take a moment to like re find your identity once you've let some of those guys walk. But it does feel like we're, we're at the point now where it is worth it for them to actually make a plunge. I agree. Um, another topic
1: that we, that was listeners submitted, this comes from Wambo. The future of baseball media as the gap widens between affiliated and unaffiliated outlets. I'm just going to make an executive decision here and say that we don't have enough time to delve into this topic with the nuance and care that it deserves here at the end of this podcast and within this defined segment of stuff that we've missed over the last couple weeks or whatever. But I really appreciate the thoughtfulness of this topic and framing it in the context of what is something that we should be paying attention to heading into 2024 and heading into this next year? Because as this listener supposes, like this is really important. And also that gap is widening a lot, especially when you factor in partnerships over rights, partnerships over sports betting, which has really, really wrapped its tentacles around media at large. I think this is something we should be checking in with regularly, maybe with like other, other reporters, like media people, Um, But this is also something that, like, I think even next week when we do the state of labor in baseball is relevant, you know, like the state of labor in baseball is refracted through the media to fans. And if the media is more affiliated with the teams and, and the league from a business perspective than it's ever been, then like that state can feel better than it actually is. And so it's something that I want to keep in mind. It's something that I want to talk about. And I, I appreciate the submission because
0: it's obviously a very tipping pitches topic. Yeah. I mean, I know that like ESPN and Disney were talking with all the major sports leagues about like equity partnerships, right? And and intertwining their businesses even more, which sure, whatever. It just is it all feels very weird when you start to think that everything is happening under one umbrella. I was thinking of this last night as I was like reading some articles on MLB.com, you know, and dot MLB.com employs some wonderful reporters. Um, but it is really interesting to think about how it's one part of a company that is reporting on just another part of a company, you know, for it's full all dis- a contained ecosystem.
1: For full disclosure, we should also say that we've been talking with major league baseball about equity partnerships um, we've been yes. we've been considering yeah, yeah, yeah. live broadcasts of MLB games on the Tipping Pitches Patreon because um, we know that there's just like there's not enough places to get MLB games. You know, there's not enough different places that you need to pay for it to be able to watch your team. And so we were like, maybe we should have another outlet. You know, so um, we were thinking like uh, the Diamondbacks um, and the Rays and. We're in talks with the pirates, but we're not sure yet. But those will be exclusively broadcast on the Tipping Pitches Patreon in 2024, most likely.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: So make sure you sign up. Um, do you want to close, do, do some New Year's resolutions? I only have sure. one. It's, okay. Did you come up with one? Actually, before uh, before I do my baseball related one, do you have like a regular real life New Year's resolution? No, I gave up on
0: those. <laughs> Self-improvement is out. <laughs> <laughs> Did you come up with a baseball? One? I have to become a better person for what? For what? For who? Could not agree more. Do you have a baseball-related one? Uh, I'm 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 workshopping a little bit, but why don't why don't you uh, kick us off? Let me hear yours. Okay, I, I would know like you've been at the bit
1: in the year 2024 to limit myself to three, three, one, two, three rants about how david stern's philosophy applies to the new york mets because i already feel one bruin and i don't want to i don't want to burn it this early in the year like it's january 7th
0: right so after, after this episode after, I just, we were recording a day late i should say we wanted to record on the anniversary but
1: well we were busy we're celebrating <laughs> we were in um a bass pro shops just checking out the water <laughs> And if it was warm enough to swim
0: (laughs) nice Nice reference
1: thank you um after this episode i promise only three meltdowns about david stearns and his philosophy towards team building okay but right now i just have to say here's why i say this here's (laughs) my resolution i the phrase play stupid games win stupid prizes is is too harsh for what David Stearns is doing and what this offseason is for the New York Mets. But let's review the last two years compared to this year when the Mets were run by literally Billy Epler, one of the most incompetent GMs in baseball history. (laughs) Just a bunch of big free agents, you know, just a lot of really big time signing, splashing around, doing all the stuff that's really sexy and fun for fans. This year, Harrison Bader, Sean Mania, a couple bullpen arms, Adrian Hauser, I'm not saying that this Severino, yeah, a flyer on a pitcher who used to be really good, but is definitely just going to be hurt all year. I'm not saying that these are bad moves. Actually, all of these are really good moves.
0: I like to love every single one of these moves.
1: Of course. This is the David Stern's shit, though. This is it. This is what he does. Can he do the big thing, too? Because they're not going to win the World Series with these moves. They're not going to win the NL East with these moves. They're not even going to make the playoffs with these moves, most likely, okay? If this all pays off, and in two years, the Mets have a bunch of young guys who are coming up too, and they hold on to Luis Angel Acuna, and he turns into Ronald Acuna part two, fucking awesome, great, we'll love it. But if this is it, like if this is the whole Stearns experience, and he's just tinkering and tweaking and doing little cute little $8 million moves here and there, it's just like, why are we the Mets then? You know, why do we have Steve Cohen? Of course, they are holding on to a lot of money to make up for past mistakes. And this is very much what the early days of the Dodgers building the sustainable beast that they have built felt like. But Andrew Friedman just gave $700 million to Shohei, Ocon- Shohei Otani. And then went out three days later and gave $325 million to Yamamoto. And I know the Mets are trying to do that stuff too. But like, how hard? You know? I don't know that stuff. My my only critique is I just hope the Mets don't get, don't get caught too caught up in being too cute, because a lot of big market teams have convinced themselves that that's the way to win. Is you just you have all this money and you can be cute, and then they they just don't focus on having the money part. <laughs> you know they they focus on hiring Heimbloom to trade Mookie Betts to stand under the luxury tax. I just I have some I have a couple reservations about David Stearns, and I realize that he is. He is actually very smart and he's like one of the best GMs in in the league. I just think sometimes, I know I did this rant already when they first hired him. We cut off our nose to spite our face because that's that's the general managerial philosophy now of Major League Baseball. And I think that he's the best at it, but it might not be smart,
0: you know? I mean, I feel like this is also where having a guy like Steve Cohen as your owner, it kind of becomes important like having a guy who's like right. who's like very publicly vocally like yes I want this team to win and yes I have a high net worth and yes I'm willing to use that to those ends. And so that's where you almost want like want the meddling owner to be like dude come on I'm I'm begging you to spend 200 million dollars right now <laughs> on this free agent, you know? Yeah. It just feels like a it's kind of the too- best of both worlds,
1: but it's like the, the, he's so thirsty, though, that it almost is like I know, off-putting. I,
0: know. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I
1: don't know. I thought it was nice that he flew to Japan and tried to court Yamamoto. That was sweet. It he was, was always going to be a Dodger, I think. Yeah. Wouldn't you? <laughs> never mind that let's find Alex a new team to be a fan of. Let's, let's find Alex a team to play for. All right, what's your baseball-related resolution Then we can close out? Since you have to go to the airport.
0: I do, I do have to, the, have to go to the
1: That's the airport. headspace that you've been in. You're flying to Iowa for the, the Democratic. Shake some hands for the Iowa caucuses. Mm-hmm. See if you can sneak in there, beat Dean Phillips. Dean Phillips, that's right. <laughs> the name of a guy you definitely remembered from the beginning of this podcast.
0: Yep, no. I'm courting him, actually, for when he does drop out to join A-Rod's campaign.
1: Oh, a switch a switch sides of the aisle. Like Arlen Spectre.
0: <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> what are my resolutions? I don't know. I uh, my resolution is to write a newsletter more consistently this year for our for our patrons. I think that'd be a nice uh uh gift. It's your turn, by the way.
1: I know, um, but it, it's once a month, right? And my turn it for changing. Once a month.
0: Yeah. And you had yours in
1: December. So it's yeah, January no, it's, 7th. Hey,
0: Oh, I'm hey, I'm not I'm not I'm not giving you shit, you know? let just, we hadn't, we hadn't discussed it. My New Year's resolution is to write a newsletter less frequently. How okay. about that? That's great. Well, we balance each other out perfectly.
1: <laughs> Alex is going to write a newsletter every hour. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. That's a good one.
0: More watch alongs. We should, well, we should do more watch alongs. Yeah. I really want to branch out on ballpark food, honestly. I'm kind oh. of, I'm kind of love this. feeling a little, a little, a little stale. With the with the like sausage and peppers, I mean, I love I love just a good ballpark like sausage and peppers, but but I don't know something something tells me it's time to switch it up a little bit. I have a take. Okay, sausage and peppers
1: at the ballpark is mediocre. Well,
0: I mean, I, every, everything at the ballpark is pretty mediocre
1: usually. It, this is no shade to the people who prepare the sausage and peppers. They just they're not set up to succeed. Okay, this the roll is usually stale. The sausage is fine. Mhm. Um, it's dry, definitely dry. And the the peppers and onions are not cooked enough. They're usually just like lightly sautéed but still taste pretty raw. And this yeah. is a function of the fact that like they don't have enough grills going and enough demand that they can just like keep it cooking ahead of time.
0: Right, it's a bit of a, a niche sl-
1: order, I feel like. Kind of, yeah, and there's usually only like one or two spots to get it. And That means that they have to cook it fast. Otherwise, there's a big line that's starting up. And if that's not the type of thing that you need to cook fast. You need to cook it slower so that it doesn't dry out. And so that those vegetables can really get to their proper um, softness. You know, the proper saute. Caramelizing of the onion. The wilting of the pepper. There's nothing worse than a raw green pepper. Like, that's horrible. It's just horrible. It's just awful. (laughs)
0: I think there are some worse things.
1: No, there's not. There's not.
0: On a sausage, it's on, on when you're expecting something that like kind of melts in your mouth. It's oh, upsetting. It's, it's, it is very upsetting. It's giving me the ick as
1: the kids say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Branch out. But the thing is like branching out at the ballpark. Maybe you need to branch I know. in. I know. Maybe you need to branch in. Maybe you just need to be hot dog only guy. Because like Then you're going, you're getting like lobster mac and cheese at the ballpark. And you're just like, okay, I stood stood in line for 28 minutes. In Rob Manfred's MLB, I missed four innings Mm -hmm. and I paid
0: $27 for mac and cheese. And I just remembered I'm allergic to shellfish. So why the (laughs) fuck did I stand in line for 28 minutes? I always forget that about you. It's just like (laughs) I never see you even bother with shellfish. That's like Right, so you're like, oh, he probably can if he wants to.
1: And ballpark food is getting too. They're doing too much.
0: I know it. they are doing a lot.
1: It's like, let's keep it simple. I might be. I here's here's a, here's a resolution for you. Mm-hmm. 2024 frugal. Okay, let's get let's get frugal with it. Let's bring our own food to the ballpark. Yes. No ballpark purchased food, because you can bring in anything you want to the ballpark that's not liquid. Mm-hmm. We could, hey, you we could can make, even,
0: well, uh, you, well, you can bring in your own water bottles now as well.
1: Mm. We can make our own the, sausage and peppers and we could go open it up next to all those people who are buying the shitty one. And we'd be like,
0: here, <laughs> I'll sell you this for half the price. Think that, you think that'd be allowed? It'd be like, sir, can you see it. your, can you see no. your, <laughs> we're like your food vendor's license? Like, no, oh, we couldn't suck. sell it. I knew I forgot something. But this
1: is a move, actually. This is a move, I think. We bring in like a little soft bag. A little soft, insulated Trader Joe's bag.
0: Bro, we're so leaning into dad energy. You know, we're like bringing our own sunscreen, our spray sunscreen when we go to the ballpark. We're no, spray sunscreen's a scam. You waste half of it. I mean, yeah, I know. Rub that sunscreen on. Don't be afraid.
1: Come on, I'll help you out. That's Tipping Pitch's Patreon content right there. Can you get my us back? Making sure I know I'm not that taking us my us shirt off, sh- but Bobby, can you just, can you put some sunscreen on my back? Us making sure that all the sunscreen is rubbed in around our face, you know. Come on, uh-huh. that's good stuff right there. That's that's a good one. That's my second resolution: bring my own food to the ballpark in 2024. I'm tired of spending this money. Gotta save it, you know. Gotta save it for important I, uh, stuff,
0: like going to London. Um, well, that's actually true. I'm yeah. not. I've. I'm not bringing my own food. Sorry. That's Just fine. A little sandwich that gets soggy in my backpack. No. 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 No.
1: You bring the ingredients. Make the sandwich in the stands.
0: You're gonna see. You're gonna. I'm
1: gonna do it one time. Okay. You're gonna see right, the vision. All right. You're gonna appreciate it. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna be like on. So I follow a lot of um, mildly to 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 moderately problematic Italian meme pages, like Italian American meme pages. Just an incredibly problematic community, Italian Americans. I know many people know this already, but I follow them because I think it's I think it's pretty funny to make fun of myself, and I'm gonna be like. Tommy DeVito level the the Giants quarterback who is the North Jersey D- Italian guy. I'm going to be that level of like prepared in the stands with like I'm going to pull out, you know, like the cold cuts. I'm going to slice the bread. <laughs> we're sneaking a knife in in this case too.
0: This is <laughs> all right. Like, here's the thing is we're my my uh, Concurring resolution is to make this go viral on TikTok to make a tipping pitch as TikTok and to make this go viral. Because if you were like, we're making our own Italian beefs at City Field today. Come on, let's go. I that shit's two hundred thousand views easily, easily, easily.
1: I will do that. Not Italian beef though, because that would actually. That's. But I'm gonna have the, you know I'm gonna pre pre slice the bread so we don't have to bring it in you
0: know we're. I got something cooking. Right. Can up. you bring ni- Can you bring knives? <laughs> sir, it's just a bread knife.
1: <laughs> you could not do any damage with this, sir. Um, this is a good This is a good idea. This is a good idea. Okay. I Make it We're pre-
0: We're preparing at least one meal inside City Field this year. Oh, I thought you were going to say one meal per game. <laughs> if you want.
1: <laughs> All right, here we go. I'm going to plan it out. Don't worry. Have our little 25. go bag. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Okay. That does it. Make the TikTok account. Next week when we do the State of Labor and Baseball with Michael Bauman in the cold open of that podcast, I will ask you, did you make the TikTok account? And if you haven't, okay. you are... I'm trying to think. I was going to say you're banned from the State of Labor and Baseball pod, but... I don't really think that's like much of a, it's not really a punishment necessarily. You just be like, okay, I just, I'm going to go get watch the show. my Sunday back or my <laughs>
0: Thursday back or whenever
1: we're recording it. If you haven't created the TikTok account yet, I'm leaving and you're recording them. To labor <laughs> okay, right, with, there we go. Just found <laughs> That would
0: be a wild one. <laughs> um, I'm in it though. We can talk about, we can talk air- airports with him. I know he's got some takes.
1: Oh my God, he's so ready. He's so he's prepped this year. I'm really excited yeah. for everybody to hear his rants. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, I did a lot of promoting and plugging over the Patreon at the end of last year. And um, I did that because we revamped the Patreon. So if this is your first episode that you're listening to in a while, you now get a bonus episode if you sign up at the top tier of our Patreon. There's way more info about that at patreon.com slash pitches. So go check that out, please. I'm not going to do another full spiel. Um, Alex, you got to go to the airport. And I gotta go eat
0: in and out. That's right, brother. That's right, brother. Animal fries, animal burger. We're doing it. Yeah, we're making our own animal fries at City the, this year. In the stands of City Inside Jones. the park.
1: <laughs> we're gonna become an attraction the likes of which the Mets have not created since Cowbell Man. I'm just telling you. This is, this is right what they need right now. Like,
0: th- like, this is what David Stearns has been missing. Fuck a $300 million free agent. No, he needs that Italian American energy in the stands. Mm-hmm. All right,
1: thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back next week. The state of labor in baseball.
0: Hello,
1: everybody. Uh, I'm Alex Rodriguez. Tipping pitches. Tipping pitches. This is the one that I love the most. Tipping the pitches.
0: So we'll see you next week. See ya!